Hello, and welcome to Live Over with Jacqueline, a podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Again, recording from my closet. And of course, Frankie must have known that the podcast was happening because he just crawled into my lap. So if you hear some snarfles, it's Frank, man. He also knows I'm leaving for Arizona tomorrow. So he's like extra stage five clinger right now. Uh, so you guys are in for a treat today. Back a couple months ago on my Instagram, I pulled you guys and I asked, what would you like to see? What would you like to hear on this podcast? And I got an overwhelming response for people asking, hey, could you ever bring on a guest? We have some questions that we love to hear opinions from, from other people, and they're surrounding some of the following topics. People want to know about um, sleep. They want to know about exercise because, you know, listen, like I might work out, but I'm no, by no means, I'm not a fitness trainer, any of that. And I started to think, okay, who in the world can I start to bring on that is going to be like simpatico with me, right? You know me. I kind of run my own show, but the people that I connect with are so vetted. They're people that I know, I like, I trust them, and we're totally on the same wavelength. Well, guess what? I found her, and her name is Morgan Adams, and she is here as our expert sleep person today. So without further hesitation, I'm going to say, Morgan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I, I love it. I, I love the way that we connected and just a lot, everything, all the stars aligned. It's we did. Perfect. Well, we connected on the internet. I always say all my friends I met on the internet these days. That's right. <laughs> I feel that's true for so many people. But honestly, when I just talked about how when I bring on people to this podcast now and people that I've connected with, they're all our women who we are like-minded and we have a lot of similar interests and Instagram actually is really good at connecting you with that or helping you find that kind of audience, not only as a consumer, but also as a business professional. And I think that's been really cool uh, considering the way you and I connected in that space. So the first question I have for you is how did you become a sleep coach and describe what brought you to that space and tell us a bit about you? Yeah, well, I had a bout with insomnia about 17 years ago. I was going through like a personal crisis that I will not elaborate on here, but it threw me into an episode of insomnia. And at the time, I did not know what to do about it other than ask for a sleeping pill. So I started taking Ambien. And I took it for like eight years. I was dependent on it for eight years. And I had the years. kind of, ins- that's yeah, a long time. It was a long time. And I was the kind of person who had what they call sleep onset insomnia, where you basically just really, really have trouble falling asleep. And so it would take me sometimes like up to two hours to fall asleep. So the Ambien was useful in that it got me to sleep quicker than two hours. But um, the, the issue with sedative hypnotics like Ambien is they don't, really allow you to fully go through all the sleep stages. So you don't get really restorative sleep. You're more sedated than getting true deep sleep. So in the morning, I was very groggy um, up until lunchtime most days. And I also had some episodes where I would uh, like eat at night and not realize it until the next morning when there were some crumbs and wrappers on the floor. And it just generally was not a good situation for me to be in. And 
about eight years into using the pills, I met my current husband. And while we were in that early stage of dating, he said to me in a very nice way, not confrontational, but just like, hey, I'm a little concerned. You seem like, like a total kind of like zombie after you take these pills. And that got me really thinking, you know, like I, I shouldn't really continue taking these pills. So what I did was I just kind of cut the pills into halves, into quarters. Um, I don't recommend that strategy. I mean, I, I recommend titrating off or tapering off, but I really feel like you need the help of a professional to do that. So I kind of went through that on my own, got through it, got off the pills and slept pretty well, you know, for the next several years. And then once March of 2020 hit, my sleep started to suffer again, um, because that was in the very, very early days of the pandemic when nobody knew what the F was going on. Right. <laughs> you know, we were so all just like, what's happening? So I, I got concerned because I did not want to go back to full on insomnia. So I started to really research sleep. I bought myself an aura ring. I started tracking my sleep. And I was able to course correct pretty quickly, basically, because I was being so proactive. And what I ended up doing was just organically sharing some of the sleep optimization tips I was doing for myself on Instagram and social media, like Facebook. And what I realized is that a lot of other friends in my sphere were having similar problems too with their sleep. And then Toward the end of 2020, I was just taking a walk one day in my neighborhood and I got like this download. <laughs> I don't know. It was like, I, it was like a ton of bricks hit me and it was Morgan, you are going to become a sleep coach for women. Bam. And I, I shared that, that uh, message with my husband and he was like, oh my God, you found it. Cause I knew that I wanted to do something to like help people with health for quite a while mm -hmm. since my first breast cancer diagnosis in 2018, but I didn't know really how I was going to really impact people's health. So after I decided I wanted to become a sleep coach, I had to kind of figure out, well, how does one go about that? So I took um, a health coaching course and a few different sleep coaching specific courses. And then in 2021, I launched this holistic sleep coaching practice for women. And that's kind of, that's kind of my origin story of how I, how I started this awesome adventure. Oh, wow. Well, first, thank you so much for sharing all of that, the vulnerable bits and pieces and the path that led you to here. Yeah. I think, you know, so many women do struggle with sleep and being able for you to pull from your own lived experience and say, Hey, listen, I've been here. This is what's happened for me. And that has allowed me to have now not only this experience, but then this breakthrough to understand myself a bit better. So then I can teach others how to help themselves, Yeah, which I think is brilliant. Um, a lot of women don't know they have the power with inside of them. And one of the things I think about coaching, like that's similar to both you and I, is if we teach you the tools, you can start to feel the confidence, which is going to then help bring you the life that you de desire. Yeah, you nailed so, it. You nailed it. What, I, what I'm trying to bring to these women is sleep confidence. The, the, mm. the idea, the, the, 
foreign idea to them sometimes that they that they can sleep on their own without pills. So it's just really a matter of, of bolstering that sleep confidence. So I love that sleep confidence. It. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Well, I have another question for you and this is going to sound so basic, but I think it actually has a very full answer. The question is why is sleep so important? It's a great question to start with. Well, if you think about sort of like the three pillars of health, sort of like sleep, nutrition, and movement. And I feel like sleep has had a bad PR agent over the past several years, <laughs> to be honest. We, we hear so much about nutrition and exercise, and that's super important. But my, my stance is that sleep is at the very foundation of the health pillars, because think about it in this way, like you can not eat for several weeks and be okay. I mean, you're not going to be okay, but you're, you'll live, right? Um, you could not do exercise your whole life, although I wouldn't recommend it. And you could only not sleep for, as of record, 11 days is the longest record someone has not slept. Um, and in fact, in, in studies on sleep deprivation, ethically, you can only sleep deprive somebody for two nights. So Sleep is really the, the backbone on which the other things are built. If you're not sleeping well, you're not going to be able to get up and do your workout. You're not going to make very healthy choices with your, with your food. Um, if you are not sleeping well, your mood suffers, um, you're irritable. You are going to have more brain fog. It's going to be harder for you to focus on tasks your immunity is going to go down. Your skin's not going to look as good. So there, there's, there are all these really, really interesting cascade effects that happen when we really aren't getting the sleep that we need. So that is why it's, I think it's so critical for us to, to, to talk about and open up the dialogue. Perfectly said. I think you said it in a way that is so relatable for so many people. Because you, it's a holistic approach, right? Yes. And being able to say, okay, well, maybe, you know, I don't get as much sleep as I need because I'm a new mom or because I have this kind of job or whatever. And you say, well, but she might also be saying, I'm struggling with, you know, not being able to get my workout in or my nutrition or whatever have you. And for giving somebody the grace to say, actually, the space would be, let's focus on getting your sleep routine first before everything else and giving people a pattern to actually say, let's start here, because this will be laying the foundation of which you can now build all these other habits. Yes. I think that actually can give people some peace. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because you really, if you're really striving to, let's just say you've gained, you know, a significant amount of weight, and you're trying to lose it by making healthier choices with your with your food, and you're trying to get on a workout plan. If your sleep is not dialed in, you're going to struggle with your weight loss journey and getting into shape. There's just no way around it. So sleep really does have to come at that kind of forefront and getting all the other things squared away. Absolutely. I, I agree. When my clients do their check-ins, one of the questions that's asked every single week is how much sleep did you get? Mm. And that question probably needs to be reframed into, well, what was the quality of sleep that yes. you got? And, yes. and, and I know that you and I will... Um, touch on that if not this podcast maybe another time where we connect because uh quality we know is so important uh 
However, I do have another question for you because the audience that listens to this podcast is generally a woman who is between 30 to 50. Okay. So this question (laughs) is, why do so many women suffer midlife with their sleep? Yes. Yeah. When we are in midlife and I'm full on, I'm 52. (laughs) I'm right in the thick of perimenopause. So I'm, I'm living this myself. So there are a few reasons why women in midlife are struggling with their sleep. The first one really relates to all the hormonal fluctuations we're going through. That's kind of a basic. Uh, second reason is that be- because as women in midlife, women in general, as a matter of fact, are, we're more prone to getting anxiety and depression just as a rule. And anxiety and depression leave you more vulnerable to sleeping problems and insomnia. There's like a bi-directional relationship. And then the third reason is that women in midlife are dealing with a lot of uh, social and um, job-related pressures. So if you think about somebody who might be like 45, 50, they might still have young kids at home that they're raising they may be at the top of their career game, you know, in a management position, and they may also have an elderly parent that they are trying to take care of. So all of those demands coming at you at the same time can be very, very hard to manage. And that's where I see a lot of issues with my clients who are really dealing with these anxieties and worries. They're they're taking them to bed at night. They're not actually able, or they're not allowing themselves to deal with these anxieties during the day. And they're not providing themselves enough opportunities for mindfulness throughout the day. Mm. And so if you don't deal with that stuff during the day, it's going to resurface at night, usually when you're falling about to fall asleep, or if you happen to wake up in the middle of the night, you start that worry cycle. So we, yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in as a woman in midlife and having to navigate all of these things. And then with the hormonal fluctuations and sleep, it's, it can be really, really tricky. I love that you talked about how it actually starts way earlier in the day than most people realize. Yes. Because they're like, oh, I'm struggling at night. So the biggest meat of this podcast episode, because this is what I came to Morgan with when she posed me a bunch of questions. I said, "Mm, this is what I want to focus on (laughs) because I hear it all the time. And I said, I can ask you these other things. And I think every question she posed could be a podcast episode in and of itself. But AM and PM routines. Yes. (laughs) I adore them. I uh, adore love them myself. My clients work on them all the time. And the second I wrote that back to Morgan, she was like, Oh, let me discuss this. Uh, (laughs) And I said, great. I love that you want that to be a focus for this podcast episode because it's tangible action items that people could start immediately today. Yes. But it's also going to be a a kind of like eye opener for so many people because people don't realize the things that are happening during the day are what are leading to the issues at night. So if we can unwind some of the things that are happening during the day in a PM wind down routine or same thing and the AM get us prepared to handle throughout the day, I think we're going to be able to set ourselves up for better sleep success. What do you I think, Morgan? I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. You want to women launch right into these routines? I just want you to launch into it. So I want you to, <laughs> All I right. think let's start, would you want to start with the AM routine yes. or the PM routine? I, okay, I'd AM. love to start with the morning. Okay. Great. So 
I know that like when you're looking on social media, like there's, there's heavily, there's more weight given to the evening routine. And I, I actually think the morning routine is a little more important. They're both really important, but I would say that the morning routine edges out just a little bit over the evening routine. And I found a really great quote from Louise Hay, and it is how you start your day is how you live your day. So if we can, from the very moment we wake up, start preparing ourselves for sleep, our sleep is going to be that much better. So if you are intentional and purposeful in the morning and you have this solid routine, you're setting yourself up to buffer stresses you may encounter during the day. So I, when, when I'm working with my clients, this, this tends to be like a, a really aha moment for them because quite a few of my clients have no routine at all in the morning. They literally get out of bed. They just run to their coffee machine, pour a cup, throw something on and walk out the house. And get oh, to wait a minute. No, I'm going to challenge you when I'm there. <laughs> they pick up their phone and they either check their email or they yes. scroll social media. Then they get up and get their yes. coffee. And True that I that. think is the number one problem we have. Yeah. So I would, let's yes. go back to something that you said that was so powerful. You said if we have an AM routine and we set ourselves up with intention, we're going to be supported to be able to buffer the stressors that come at us during the day. Okay. So there's a book called How to Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. And she talks about this too. She talks about how you wake up first thing in the morning and you start to, you start with your day with intention. Mm-hmm. It's not grabbing the phone and I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but I'm just thinking out loud no, it's great. because- because what happens is she's like, well, you get stressed out by five o'clock. So you reach for the glass of wine and then we're freaking out because we dealt with all these stressors versus like if we start the day with intention, yes. mm-hmm. all of a sudden you don't have that cup that spilleth over with the stress. Maybe yes. it's only a third fall. So That's that powerful. was just immediately what you conjured up in my mind space. And yes. I already like took a breath and I was like, oh, I want to start my morning so much more calm. Yes. So let's let's go back to you sharing with yeah so your typical person is going to like they have no am routine they're going to get up they're going to either going to scroll or they're going to grab their phone they're going to check where they're already behind so they already feel they're they've lost the day um they're getting the coffee they're kind of grabbing their clothes then that's what's happening right it's it's boom 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 out the door so i will share what sort of a generic morning routine that so when i work with my clients we get really specific and it's it's very customized to each person but for your folks out there who are listening who, and I don't know their particular lifestyle or whatever. I just want to share sort of a generic routine that people can think okay. about. Um, it's called the three M's and it's not called the three M's because my name is Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you. Um, okay. So the three M's are basically three different categories and ideally you would want to be able to devote an hour to this morning routine. Now I've really, I've totally realized that not everyone is going to have an hour, but even if you have 20 minutes, you can still make a routine and have all three segments, but just in smaller chunks. Okay. Okay. So the first thing that I would do in the morning and I'm, I actually do this. Wait, can you say what the three M's are? Can we say what the three M's are and then walk through them? I will. I will. Yeah. So the three M's are number one movement and they don't have to be in this particular order. So just, this is where you tweak your own routine movement, 
And that could be like walking or yoga, stretching, whatever, getting your body moving. Mindfulness. And that could be something like meditation, breath work, or even just sitting in silence. And then mindset. That could be reading a, a positive book, doing some affirmations or journaling. So you could kind of pick sort of the order of events. Um, in that, I would also add, now this is sort of where I'll, I'll share kind of what I do, the movement part of this. I'm, I have my movement outside in the sun. Mm-hmm. It is so important. And this is like one of my biggest sleep tips for us to get sunlight in our eyes as soon as we wake up, as soon as we're able to, like I get up at five, so there's no sunlight to be seen at five. But as soon as the sun starts to come up, I'm out the door taking my dog for a walk for about 10 minutes, no sunglasses. (laughs) I can't tell you how many other women in the neighborhood who who I see walking their dogs at the same time have sunglasses on. The reason why you don't want to wear sunglasses is because you want your, your, your eyes to hit, you want that natural light to hit your retina, okay? And then once that happens, it triggers something it triggers a signal to your suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is your circadian pacemaker. And once that happens, there's a whole hormonal cascade of effects. So your serotonin will be boosted throughout the day. Um, your cortisol will rise in the, more, in the early morning. You want the cortisol to rise early in the morning. Um, so that, that is so important, that early morning sunlight, it helps tremendously. So I definitely um, recommend I'm that, you on that. I love as, that as something. So that is just sort of a, I would say a super generic type of morning routine that I think is doable for most people. Again, I, you know, suggest an hour, like carving that precious time for yourself in the, in the morning. But if you really don't have it, and I know not everybody does, cause everyone's got different life circumstances. Okay. And, I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to interject. Yeah. So I'm going to say, Everybody has the same 24 hours in the day. However, they may not be prioritized AM yeah. routine to this yet. Yeah. So I would rephrase it and say, well, we maybe don't have an hour at this time, but everybody has 10 minutes that we can take because we yeah. can all get up earlier. Yeah. We can all, you know, so I would say we can scale it back and start with, like you said, either the 10 or the 20, or this is you know, this is three things. So what if we divided it amongst five minutes a piece? And so we yeah. had, we did it in 15 minute blocks to yeah. get to that hour and did it over a month time frame. So then maybe it's a five minute walk outside, five minute mindfulness moment, and then a five minute mindset shift. Yeah, that before works. we touch the phone, you know, yeah. so all of a sudden it's like, I can have my phone at 630. But from 615 to 630, I'm going to do these three things. So I can set my day up. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like what you said about delaying the phone Um, Mm. and and maybe making the phone like something that you can actually reach for after you've completed this routine. It's the reward. Even though I don't love like using it as a (laughs) reward. Honestly, I'll say sometimes like Jacqueline, you don't get to open your Amazon package until you finish work. Right. (laughs) Jacqueline, you can't grab your phone until you feed the dogs and unload the dishwasher. Guess what? You have to be an adult today. So Yes. yes. Um, but guess what? It's it's not it's not just a given. sometimes I use it as a reward. And guess what? That makes me take pause on like just grabbing it just to satisfy 
my loneliness or boredom, right? Which I think a lot mm-hmm. of people do. Mm-hmm. It's designed Absolutely. to do that, right? They're designed yes. to pull you into it for that reason. So, yes. um, okay, I I really do love the three M's and you made it so simple for people to be able to think about top of mind really quickly, like what those three M's can be. And people can easily write that into like a notes in their phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I love the the generic idea of it because if we give people too many specifics, they're going to either make an excuse that it's not attainable for them. Right. Uh, or that, you know, they don't have access. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? You gave us the most simple thing. We ha- most of us have the ability to be able to walk with our own two feet. And so we can get outside people. Oh, I can already hear it now. Guess what? I'm from Wisconsin. Oh, it's so cold. <laughs> don't give me that crap. You watched me last year, 17 degrees outside, putting on my hiking boots and I got my gloves on and off I went. And you just got it. The hardest part is getting your shoes on and out the door. Yes. But it makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. So I love that. Um, Take, you know, and also like, I'm a wimp around cold. I'm, I'm the first to tell you this. But here's how I make going into the cold more palatable in the morning when I make myself do this. I get my cup of coffee and I walk outside with the cup mm. of coffee and take my little stroll around the block with my dog, you know, because I want that damn coffee. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, but that's the reward. But you just gave the coffee as the reward. And guess what? Like, I drink 20 ounces of water before I have my coffee. My coffee is my reward to having drank my water. But you brought it like in a, maybe you got like a cozy Yeti mug that you like to take with you and your dog. And it's like a moment. And it's not like I'm doing physical fitness. Like, I think also like clarifying that this can be a stroll. This is getting mm-hmm. outside to get the vitamin D, to have fresh air, to not be in front of a screen, right? Yes. Uh, set the circadian rhythm. Okay. With the mindfulness, can you, so people freak out when we say this, they think they know what it is, or they're like, eh, I've tried to meditate, or I don't like those apps, or I can't sit still for that long. Can you help us understand a little bit about your approach to helping people who either are resistant to this or struggle with it? Yeah. And I'm a struggler. I'm going to fully admit I struggle with sitting still. So a couple of different ideas. Um, If you become kind of like antsy when you start to meditate, um, I get that way myself. I have found actually that doing breath work has been more um, Mm -hmm. centering for me than meditation often. And I use this app called breath work. So it's, it's breath B R E A T H work it's wrk so there's no o so it's it's called breath work and it's a free app and basically you can just choose these breathing exercises and what i like about it is that you hear this you see a little kind of like circle com, like com, like uh extra not extract but like extend not extend but like do you know what i'm saying like the the circle it widens and shrinks expands and oh, okay it looks like it's breathing yes yes thank you <laughs> thank you for describing cool. what i couldn't yeah, um, sure. so it so you see the circle kind of expand and contract and you also hear sort of the counting of the one two three so that you you've got somebody kind of not a person but sort of just like this little thing guiding you through how to breathe and counting for you so that you don't lose track so i really like that app a lot um even more than like just meditation on an app. Um, another- well, guess what? Most med- all meditations that I've ever done, all are centered on the breath, anyways. Yeah, some yeah, lots it, of meditations are. 
Sure. I mean, like when you catch like calm or simple habit, and I have to tell you, most people aren't breathing properly anyways. And when we're shallow breathers, we're not getting the oxygen our bodies and our brains need. So even just, and then we don't know how to reduce stress. And so breathing actually is going to be powerful then throughout the day, because you can start to, if that stress starts to come in, you can use those mindfulness breath techniques to chill the fuck out. Yes, absolutely. And then a really basic thing for mindfulness that doesn't, that's not meditation or breath work, um, but it could be just literally when you wake up, opening up the blinds and looking outside and taking notice of what you see around you. You're just noticing. That's my favorite one. I do that every, every morning. It's just so basic. It doesn't require any like tool or anything. You're just looking around. Um, A more advanced technique that I'll share with you that I've just started using, this does actually require a little bit of an investment, but because I struggle so much with just meditation apps and and keeping keeping my attention on them, there's a new, I don't know how new it is, it's new to me, but it's it's something called BrainTap. And it is sort of like, how do I describe it? It's almost like neurofeedback hypnosis. So you have this headset and you've got this little, almost visor that has all these like lights around it. So there are lights flashing in front of you on this visor and you really, really, it, it, it makes you immersed in the material, the meditation or the music that they're. And so there's a lot of science behind it. Um, so that's something that your folks can look into if they wanted to kind of take it to the next level. Would I, would I describe it as it's sort of like, meditation on steroids or a fast track to meditation is what some people call it. So that's just something to look into if if someone really wants to kind of take it to the next level. Um, Yeah. The third M for mindset. Yes. So that would be like maybe a personal development book, you know, something positive to read. Some people like to read the Bible, um, like scripture um, or just mm-hmm. something like an app, a book of affirmations. Then, then there's also affirmations you can say out loud to yourself that you could just ma- make a list of ap- affirmations. And then you could also do something like journaling, just maybe a, a really pra- a really um, easy to do journaling practice is just a gratitude list. I have a little journal and it's just for gratitudes. I list three gratitudes every morning in the journal. And that's my journaling. It takes like. Three, and that's what I have my clients months. do, actually. Oh, Most yeah. Of it's them, great. I'm like, it's three gratitudes. And I'm like, it's so simple. They're like, I don't want to, I don't know how to journal. I don't know how to write about my feelings. I'm like, three things you're grateful for. And right. they can be as simple as the heat works in my house today. Right. I got to pet my dog. Yep. I have shoes that cover my feet. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we really start real basic. But you know what, it can grow from there if it wants to, because oftentimes, uh, we're getting we get really lost on what we actually need to be grateful for. Exactly. Wonderful. Okay, so our AM routine to recap is movement, mindfulness, and mindset. And Morgan really gave some amazing tips on that. So I'd actually be very curious to hear what the PM routine that you work on with your clients looks like. Sure. So the PM routine is a little looser um, because, well, let me just start by like sharing a few kind of like um, basics for your house, little tweaks you can make in your house after dinner. 
Um, most people tend to eat dinner around six or seven. I would say that's like the average time that most people eat. So after you finish your dinner, I would start dimming your lights in your house. So if you have like overhead LED lights, dim those down to be very dim. Or if you have table light, table lamps, turn those on and turn the overhead lamps or turn the overhead lights off. So you really, you're really wanting to dim your space gradually as you get, get into the you know, e later evening hours. Um, you also wanna think about lowering the temperature of your, your sleeping space or your house in general. So I usually like to start lowering the temperature of my house a couple hours before bed because the ideal sleeping temperature for most people is around 65 to 70 degrees, give or take but that's like a general ballpark. Your body needs to actually, your body core temperature needs to drop about one to two, degree, to two degrees to initiate sleep. So that's pretty important. So those are just like kind of basic stuff to like keep, you know, to be mindful of in your house. Um, so an interesting thing about wind down routines that I've noticed is that women who are moms, they have a very specific wind down routine for their children. Yet a lot of them don't have a wind down routine for themselves. So I try to really get them to understand how important it is because you can't, you're, you're not able to just flip a switch and go to sleep immediately. You need that kind of runway to start really getting your body and your mind ready for the sleep period. So I would say limiting your like use of devices a couple hours before bed, especially social media, I think is especially like arousing to people because they get sucked into, you know, some dramas or some controversies and that can boost our cortisol. We don't want to boost our cortisol before bed. So um, you hear a lot about the blue light from the screens. And what a lot of the newer research is showing is that while yes, blue, blue light can potentially reduce our melatonin output, it's really more the brightness of light in general, not necessarily blue light, which, you know, kind of goes back to saying dim your light in your house um, before bed. And then if you are on a screen, so I, I get this question a lot, like what exactly can I do on a screen? So, uh, and that particularly uh, goes back to a lot of time TV. A lot of people are like, so I, I cannot watch TV before bed. I'm like, no, you, I actually do watch TV before bed. That is part of my wind down routine. A lot of people are like, wow, you're good. Coach. Thank you for saying like, that. <laughs> not that I, not that I love to do that, but a lot of people do. And they, this is what happens. People go like so black or white with this routine. And they're all of a sudden like, you just took something away from me. Yes. Yeah. And that doesn't feel very good. We're trying to give you something, but here's some ideas around how it might be more beneficial for yes. you to use it. Yeah. So here, here is sort of my formula on how to watch TV before bed without it wrecking your sleep. So number one, you want to be watching TV on an actual TV, not your laptop where you're just staring down like it's right in front of your face. So, in your bed, by the way. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of a TV in your bedroom. So I would say if there's another TV, like in your family room, watch that. Um, yep. And have, you know, ideally the TV is fairly far from your face. And then make sure that you are choosing content that is not stimulating. 
So like content. So like, not Jeffrey Dahmer. No, like, <laughs> I mean, I swear like the, that show, The Handmaid's Tale, I was yep. so into it and I just think it's a, the best show ever, but it was just so anxiety provoking for me that I just had, it was starting to like interfere with my sleep. And I was like, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. So I, you know, I watched things like great British baking show or like oh, yeah. Ted Lasso or things that are like light things that are not going to make you like aggravated or induce anxiety. So, um, you know, I would say not, I would say to not watch something new that you haven't watched before. Like if you're like, let's try a new series tonight. And it's sort of like you have, you don't know much about it. Like I would mm -hmm. say really carefully screen what you're going to watch before you watch it at night, just to make sure that it's not too like anxiety provoking. So that, that is really personally how I've managed to watch TV without it ruining my sleep. I do wear blue black, blue light blocking glasses. Um, with blue block, blue light blocking glasses, it's, there's no like, not everyone is affected by, by blue light the same way. And not everyone is affected by the glasses in the same way. So I personally find that like the, the dark red lenses make me sleepy if I have them on for like an hour. So I put those on while I watch TV. Um, so I do, I do kind of recommend it as just sort of out of abundance of caution to, to maybe wear them. Um, it might make you sleepy. Just depends on how you react to the blue light blocking glasses. Um, so again, I want to give a generic, uh, just like the three M's, I, I want to share something that I'll call the power down hour. I like and this. Name. Th this is, um, basically an hour before you go to, you know, before you plan to go to bed. And sometimes people need to set an alarm to alert them. It's time for the wind down to start because we can get swept away and like stuff that's going on in our house. So the, Again, again, this is, I, I get very granular with a lot of my clients about what this entails. Um, but generally speaking, you want to make sure that everything you're doing is relaxing. And for example, like we all have things that we find relaxing. Like I, some people are like, baths are so relaxing. I love a bubble bath. Personally, bath, baths stress me out. Like that's not relaxing to me. I would not want to do that before bed. Maybe I'm a weirdo, uh, but you know. no, 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 no. I'm the same way. Oh my gosh, that could be that meme um, reels where they're like, say something that nobody yeah, else yeah. is gonna agree with. You. Right, right. Um, yeah, I take yeah. a bath at like yeah. two o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, That's yeah. my bath time. Yeah, <laughs> but generally speaking, so this is sort of how the power down hour works. So for the first twenty minutes, you would want to do things that would get that need to get done to prepare you for the next day. So maybe picking out your clothes for the next day, uh, preparing your lunch or your kids' lunches, um, jotting down your to-do list. Um, the second 20 minutes would be like personal hygiene, brushing your teeth, washing your face, putting on your skincare, super important, mm -hmm. very important for us to, you know, we take, love good, that. take good care of our skin and yeah. to put on your, and put on your pajamas. Get, make sure your pajamas get put on. Oh, yeah. Or I mean, and you could sleep nude if you want, but like, I'm just saying, if you, if you wear pajamas, that's a good time to put them on. Um, yes. And then after that, do something that's relaxing for about 20 minutes. And this is where you really have to kind of figure out what is relaxing to you. Is it watching it, watching TV? Is it journaling? Is it reading a good old fashioned book, like a paper book? 
Um, so that is sort of the, the generic version of a wind down routine that could last an hour. Again, if you don't, if for some reason, like you've got an event and you don't get home until later and you don't have a full hour to wind down, but you've only got a half hour, you just crunch it down into maybe like 10 minute segments. Yes. Just like we did with the AM routine. Yes. I love that because you can uh, really like make it approachable for anybody and their schedule because we all uh-huh. have this time and space. Yes. It's a matter of what and how we're prioritizing in that time and space. Yes. And I, first of all, again, you gave a great name called the power down hour because immediately it's conjuring up me like shutting down a computer. Like, what do I need to do to shut down the programs in the background to make sure that it can sleep, to make sure that everything's kind of tucked in and put away so I can now then therefore reduce my anxiety that might wake me up in the middle of the night. So I can also like make sure, all right, I'm being present for myself and then not to not only today, but also for me tomorrow, Right, which I think is so helpful for people right. in this day and age when we feel like we are never getting enough done. Yes. Um, I love how, so when we just redid our kitchen, I just, the blanket statement was, well, the whole kitchen was redone based on lighting and mm. natural light mm-hmm. and any non-natural lighting. I said, everything's on a dimmer. No, everything's on a dimmer though, literally. And the nighttime dimming routine starts right after we finish dinner, just like you said, and there's layers of lighting. So different dimmers go down at different times. Oh, smart. Yeah. And I physically touch all them and I can't wait to like touch the different dimmers to lower them all at different times. Because Ooh. it brings me so much joy because I have such a structured PM routine Yeah. Um, that knowing that I'm crawling towards the bedtime brings me joy. I so, love that. Yeah. Well, because I, it also signals to me in my brain, oh, now we're getting ready for, okay, now we're wrapping up dishes. Now we're getting ready for some couch time. Now we're getting ready for a dessert and then here's some snuggles with Jonathan and the dogs on the couch. And then I'm going to say goodnight because it's 8.55. Jacqueline gets in bed at nine o'clock. Like this is how it goes, right? So, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> um, you're talking to somebody who's dealt with insomnia for 15 years, yeah. right? I I've lived this life. I know this life very well, and so to create the structured routine that has flexibility, right? Um, I think gives people the framework uh, to make it fit wherever they're at in their particular life. Like I'm traveling to Arizona. That's going to be a different, you know, different wind down routine. But in my day-to-day life, uh, just like many of my clients, how can we prioritize you? And I think that's what you nailed because you said so many people are looking for the reward at the end of the day. And maybe Mm -hmm. if we can wrap up on that topic, and maybe that's a whole other podcast, but moms are like, Jacqueline, the only time I get to myself is when I sit down on the couch at the end of the night. And that's what I want to have. And then enter in, you know, real housewives or two glasses of wine or a lot of chocolate or ice cream. And then, you know, they're looking for that dope hit and they're like, I, you know, don't know what to do because everything was taken from me all day. And this is the only time I can give to myself. Yeah. And then I help them reframe what giving to themselves looks like. And I don't like to take away those things, but I like to restructure it and reframe it. And some of this power down hour, I think, can be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, what you described though. There's a term for that. It's called, there's, there's two terms. One is called, it's called revenge bedtime procrastination. 
Mm, I saw that and, in an NPR article. Yes. And then it's, it's also great. called momsomnia. Oh, yeah. that's a good one too. So if you want me to, I'll just go through a couple of really, really quick tips on how to mitigate yes. that. So first thing I would suggest is really, really forcing yourself to take a couple of breaks during the day to give yourself some pleasure and some joy during the day. And it could be just taking a walk outside. It could be, you know, taking this break, you know, call a friend, whatever, give yourself something that, that brings you pleasure a couple times during the day is so that you don't feel that need to like at night go, I haven't done anything for myself today. Right. And then the other thing would be to really, really prioritize that timer for when you need to like stop doing what you're doing and, and get ready for bed. Because if we get like lost in the scroll, like it's so easy to like, just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling on social media. We need some kind of a, a some kind of timeout. And that could be our alarm going off and saying, Mm-mm, it's time, it's time to like get up and put your pajamas on and brush your teeth. Um, I use the downtime feature. I have my clients use that where the yeah. app just shuts down. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. All your apps shut down. Actually. Yeah. And bedtime. Yeah. It goes off at night. You're like, oh, I guess I'm done for today. Let's that's move great. On. And, and then, it's just kind of like that forced reminder yes. because you can get lost in the scroll. And so uh-huh. I love that you suggested that. Yeah. And then also if you're a Netflix watcher, putting it on uh, the whatever setting is that you just have the, the, re, the, the rolling to the next one stop. You know how yep. it'll just roll. So you, you make that stop so that you have you some kind it. of a break. Because what happens sometimes is when we get lost in the scroll or we get lost on Netflix, sometimes we don't become cued in with our bodies and we actually don't even realize that we're sleepy. And so we will sometimes not realize we have sleepiness and we'll just keep doing what we're doing. And then we get like a second wind and then we're not tired. Oh, so then, sleep you know, cues. Yeah. Sound a lot like hunger cues, yes. which I teach my clients with intuitive eating principles. Yeah. But you're right. We get desensitized to them because we have not been practicing or paying attention or mm-hmm. we've shoved them down or never even knew how to find them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, Morgan. Exactly. Wow. Honestly, you've just shed so much light on not only why sleep is important, but about how we can take some quick tiny tips from today between the AM and PM routine and really start to implement them. And in a way that's approachable in a way that makes you feel, okay, I don't have to do all of these things today, but if I start with one to two and I start with giving them some time, maybe five, maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's 15. And then I start to expand on them. I can start to create these events where I'm now looking forward to them because I know they're going to signal to me that I'm giving to myself and I'm giving to my future me tomorrow because I know I'm going to have better sleep. I'm going to have reduced anxiety. I'm going to have less stress. Yes. Thank you for that. I know everybody who's going to listen to this episode is going to be so grateful. And if this episode like really sparked them and learning more about themselves and their connections and patterns of sleep. I obviously would love for them to be following you over on Instagram. Where can they find you? Yeah. Well, my Instagram handle is morganadams.wellness. And my website is morganadams.wellness. 
And so I offer a free 20 minute consultation for anyone who feels like they might be interested in some personalized sleep coaching, you know, please reach out. I would love to, to chat with anyone who feels like they need extra support. I am there. Oh, wonderful, Morgan. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time. And as always, everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Live Well with Jacqueline podcast. If you found this episode helpful, could you please either rate, review, or subscribe, or even feel free to share it with someone that you love. As always, thank you so much for being here. Bye.